What's going on, Yap Fam? Today we're replaying my interview on the Thoughts That Rock podcast hosted by author and speaker duo Jim Knight and Brant Menswear. Jim and Brant interviewed me on the topic of confidence, and I thought that was a super unique angle. I love it when people interview me on different things and not just my life story. And I thought that because this was such a unique angle, I talked about new things and I thought it would be interesting to share with you all. So tune into this episode to hear how I built unshakable confidence, believed that life was limitless, and tackled my dreams head on even when everyone was against me. Yes, there she is. Hala Taha. Thank you so much for making this happen, being on the show. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Us too. Uh, on on thoughts at Rock, you know, we're uh, we're all excited about trying to give our audience awesome pieces of advice. So, you have such a great background. We're gonna jump right in and ask you. Let's start with the first one. What is your thought that rocks on the topic that we picked, which is becoming confident in a world of naysayers? Mm, I love this topic first of all because I feel like confidence is so core to getting people to like you to leveling up in your career. It's just like hits everything in your life. So I love this topic. So in terms of like my top tips in order to become more confident, I think first is believing in yourself and believing that life is limitless. I talk about this a lot because I feel like a lot of people have a closed mindset. They're living on labels that they got from when they were a child, right? That like maybe a teacher told them they weren't smart or maybe a parent Mm. told them they weren't good looking. And they're you know, living their life under these labels for so long. And it's not until you really believe that life is abundant, life is limitless, you realize that you have control over your life, you can manifest your own destiny. That's when you can truly become confident because you actually believe in yourself and believe that becoming the person who you want to become is actually possible, right? So I remember when I was 19 years old, you know, prior to that, I was pretty damn average. I was an Arab American girl. I remember growing up in 9-11, not getting opportunities in high school when even I was like the best singer in school, very talented, you know, always was this energetic, positive girl, but just wasn't given opportunities. And then for a little bit of time, I believed, well, I guess I'm just average. I guess I'm not good enough to be on the trilling team. I'm not good mm-hmm. enough to be, you know, lead in the play. And then I remember 19 years old in college, I found the law of attraction. I got really addicted to this author. It was a husband and wife called Abraham and Esther Hicks. And they've got this, all these books. And I almost got into like this cult. And I didn't really have a religion. I grew up Muslim and didn't really align to that. And then I I used law of attraction as my religion. And I have to say, I was the most confident 19-year-old in the world, probably. (laughs) And I totally reframed my mindset, believed that I was going to be this famous singer. I always thought that I was going to be super famous and got this internship at a radio station. And like literally, when I was 25, I had a pilot on MTV. Like that's how much I believed in myself. And so this opening up your mindset, believing that life is abundant, believing that life is limitless, truly believing in yourself, having a goal of who you want to be and believing you can achieve it, I think is step number one in terms of confidence. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I was thinking about this, too. I'm glad that we also picked this topic. And I follow you, obviously, on LinkedIn. You have such a huge, massive following. You pretty much own that space, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I have seen, honestly, some people that will put a comment in there about something that might be superficial. And they think you can't look or behave or act or wear something and still be a professional or own your own business or whatever. And, of course, you've completely proved them wrong. But... I love how you handle a lot of those comments. And so this probably even led to us talking about this topic, saying you are already confident. But as you just said, you maybe weren't always that early on, but you figured that out pretty quick and you've just sort of stomped on the naysayers. What, what advice would you give to people that, let's say, you know, especially in this world of social media, they put something out there. They're going to be vulnerable because people are going to they'll, they'll tell the truth and just throw it out there. And you've got to respond in some way. Right. Or, yeah, or not. I, think, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I look at those negative comments and I feel like people are just projecting on me. Like if it's a woman that's like, you can't be wearing that short skirt and talking about business. I always respond back and I'm like, well, I probably make, you know, 20 times more money as you. Why? Because you have this like limiting mindset that you can only act a certain way or be a certain way in order to achieve something. And really, it's about your mind and what you do and the actions that you take and the networking that you do. And and it has nothing to do with what you're dressed like. And first of yeah. all, I love to dress the way that I dress. I love to be girly and feminine. And I think that it's very powerful in a world where most women who achieve something, they embrace masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And they. I feel like I embrace both. I have masculine energy that allows me to be a CEO, you know, build a business, manage a team. But I embrace my femininity. And I think that actually makes me more powerful because totally. I I feel like I appeal to both. That's why my podcast is mostly male listeners, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not normal because most women tend to attract only women because they're in a different mind. Like they're just not approachable or relatable to everyone else. So yeah. I feel like being feminine is also my superpower in addition to being you know, being able to channel that masculine energy that allows me to be a great boss. Mm -hmm. And I feel confident in what I wear. I mean, that ties to one of the, the things that we're going to talk about later, which is energy management. I love to dress in a way that makes me feel beautiful and powerful. And I really don't give a crap when anybody else thinks about it. Game and on. sometimes I feel like it's jealousy. You know what I mean? They're jealous. Yeah. They don't take care of their body. They're jealous. You know, they don't look as young or, or whatever it is, but that's their problem, not mine. Yeah. What would you say is the f an easy first step for someone to sort of move towards an abundance mind step? Like for some people, they might just go, well, it sounds great, but I have no idea how to even <laughs> approach that. What would be one of your first things you would say, look, start with this and then you can take it a little further? Yeah, what I would do is I would think of your one goal, right? So let's say you know, you have a really limiting mindset about money. You grew up poor, your parents told you money was bad. And so like you just have this bad relationship with money and you never seem to attract money because you've got this bad relationship with money. I would come up with affirmations all about money and say them every single day and record it on your phone and listen to it every time you're doing chores, every time you're driving, when you're working out. I literally did this to myself when I was a teenager and I, I feel like it drastically changed my life. And it can even make you prettier, you know, and mm -hmm. fitter and all these things. Like, it really does work. And so I would say stuff like, you know, money is attracted to me. I have unlimited 
money flowing into my bank account. I would bring passion and energy into it, bring emotion into it to make it more sticky. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I would repeat those things until your brain starts to, you know, look for the opportunities for you because you've been repeating these things. You train your brain what to believe, right? If you say, I don't make a lot of money, you're never going to make a lot of money because your brain is a supercomputer that just listens to everything that you say Mm -hmm. and will just do what you say. It's programmed to do what you say and think. So if you reprogram it and start to say the opposite, even if it's not yet true, your brain is going to start to give you and allow you to see the things that you weren't able to see before so you can take better action and navigate your life towards the things that you want. I think it's amazing that there's so many, you know, going back to maybe not growing up with a religion that you align to, um, even this practice of affirmation, I mean, is very rooted in religious practice, right? Yeah. I mean, so for some people who say their prayers and they, you know, they're, they're really trying to align there and asking for um, whatever it is uh, of abundance that they're looking for, uh, they don't think of doing things like affirmation in the same way that they would a religion. But in actuality, yeah. it's very, very similar, isn't it? It's super similar. That's such a great point. It, it, it is. And people don't realize that their little habits that they do, whether that's praying or whatever it is, it really drastically impacts your life and your mind and your future. Sure. And your belief. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. that's, that's what you're looking mm-hmm. for in both sides is to have this steadfast belief. And why not have the steadfast belief in yourself that you're meant for more, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's hold that thought and take a quick break with our sponsors. Young and profiters, they may call me the podcast princess, but I'm also the LinkedIn queen. I've been a LinkedIn influencer for six years now, and I teach one of the most popular courses about LinkedIn. And I love to teach sales on LinkedIn because when it comes to B2B sales, LinkedIn has got that on lock. LinkedIn is where all the decision makers are hanging out. There are 180 million senior level decision makers on LinkedIn and 10 million C-suite decision makers. These people are on LinkedIn and they're in the mode to buy. They're using LinkedIn for their buying journey to research vendors or sales reps that they might work with, to look up how to solve their problems, to learn from industry thought leaders. They're in the mode to buy, whereas on other platforms, they're in the mode to be entertained. You want to get them in the right mindset. You want to cut through the noise with LinkedIn ads. In fact, 79% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as their top channel for paid media. And LinkedIn has the best targeting because they've got all these different inputs. People are putting their resume basically up on there. And so there's so many keywords that they can use to target the right decision makers so they can hear about how you solve their problems. And I've got a special gift for all you young and profiters who wanna try LinkedIn ads. You can get $100 credit. LinkedIn was super generous. If you want to make B2B marketing everything it can be and get $100 credit on your next campaign, go to linkedin.com slash yap, Y-A-P. Again, if you want to claim your credit, go to linkedin.com slash yap. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Yap fam. Starting my LinkedIn Secrets Masterclass was one of the best things I've ever done for my business. I didn't have to waste time figuring out all the nuts and bolts of setting up a website that had everything I needed, like a way to buy my course subscription offerings, chat functionality, and so on, because it was super easy with Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
Whether you're selling your first product, finally taking your side hustle full-time, or making half a million dollars from your masterclass like me. And it doesn't matter if you're selling digital products or vegan cosmetics. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered as you scale. Stop those online window shoppers in their tracks and turn them into loyal customers with the internet's best converting checkout. I'm talking 36% better on average compared to other options out there. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., from huge shoe brands like Allbirds to vegan cosmetic brands like Thrive Cosmetics. Actually, back on episode 253, I interviewed the CEO and founder of Thrive Cosmetics, Carissa Bodnar, and she told me about how she set up her store with Shopify and it was so plug and play, her store exploded right away. Even for a makeup artist type girl with no coding skills, it was easy for her to open up a shop and start her dream job as an entrepreneur. That was nearly a decade ago. And now it's even easier to sell more with less thanks to AI tools like Shopify Magic. And you never have to worry about figuring it out on your own. Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. So you can focus on the important stuff, the stuff you like to do. Because businesses that grow, Grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profiting, and that's all lowercase. If you want to start that side hustle you've always dreamed of, if you want to start that business you can't stop thinking about, if you have a great idea, what are you waiting for? Start your store on Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash profiting now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting shopify.com slash profiting for $1 per month trial period. Again, that's shopify.com slash profiting. So Brant, you've had a lot of naysayers in your life. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, well, you know, when we made that transition to being a speaker, so I, I yeah. think you probably know this, Holly, we're professional speakers and authors as well. I think when when I made that leap, I don't know if you were like this and maybe, you know, for you as well, Hala, I, even my own family, my wife at the time said, you're going to leave. You know, I was 21 years at Hard Rock and, and was an executive there. She's thinking you're leaving all of that, the money, the benefits, the travel, the fun, the the security to go do this. I mean, in her mind, it wasn't, it, it was probably a little bit more tangible making money in those things, but she could not in her head think, People are going to pay you to go out there and speak. And I said, I'm, I'm not worried about that. If you feel confident, if you've got the the goods when it comes to the content and the delivery, if you can bring the thunder and have something meaty to say, you're going to win. And, you know, again, even in my own home life, I was thinking I've got to overcome that and I'm just going to prove them wrong. I, I don't know if you had the similar situation or not. Well, I think maybe in the music business. For me, so how I spent 20 years um, in the music business with mm. two different bands and two different record deals touring the world and and sort of living that rock and roll lifestyle for, for two decades. Um, for me, it wasn't, you know, I knew that if I could move people from the stage, then I was going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't a question of could I find myself in a position in front of a thousand people to, to, to get them to 
move to action in some way. Um, that I was comfortable with. What I wasn't comfortable with was what am I going to talk about? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can't just be a storyteller. You got to sort of have something there that people want to hear or want to learn. And so it became more of being a student, I think, of really what it is that I wanted to talk about, what I felt really mm -hmm. led to talk about, what I, what I was sort of feeling drawn to and experiencing myself at that moment so that, you know, I didn't have the eight initials after my name of MD, <laughs> yes. DDS, XLP, GQ, whatever, you know, it was something that I, I just knew that I, I needed to be comfortable enough that I could have an intelligent conversation with someone about it. Um, and, and I think that's what was the harder part for mm. me. Uh, the confidence was in the, uh, the content, making sure that it was viable, yeah. not in the naysayers of you shouldn't be on that stage. Yeah. You know what awesome. I mean? mm. what, is that, Hala, I know you've sp spoken a lot yourself. Is that sort of same for you? Do you sort of split it between performance and content? I'm not sure about the performance and content, but what resonated with me was when Jim was talking about just like naysayers in your life and, and people you know, not believing in you and trying to project that belief on you and prevent you from doing something that you feel in your heart you're ready for. And I definitely went through that all the time. I remember, you know, even when I was working at a radio station when I was 19, all my siblings were doctors, right? And, and going to med school. And I was like the black sheep in my family having to explain why I wanted to intern for free at a radio station and to just trust me. Fast forward, you know, 10 years later, I, I accomplished so much, but you wouldn't have known that when I was right. just starting. And so even now, when I, when I started my agency just two years ago, I was dating somebody for 10 years. I don't really share this story often, but I was with, basically married. And the guy that I was with, I had a corporate job at Disney Streaming Services. Oh, yeah. And he loved me being this corporate professional. And I had a, an amazing cushy job. But I also had this agency that I was growing at night. I had 20 people in the Philippines who worked overseas for me. And I would build, I was building this business at, at night. And it was growing really fast to the point where I was making like four times more than what I was making at Disney a month or, and just doing it part time at night. And so I was like, listen, babe, I want to start this business. I'm ready. I want to quit this job. Like I'm already making four times more than I'm making at Disney. Like it's, it's I already pro proved it. And he was so upset stonewalled me like I'd make him dinner he wouldn't even say anything to me and we ended up breaking up I moved out after 10 years because I was like well I'm not gonna like I know this is gonna blow up yeah. and I'm not gonna be small because you're uncomfortable with it I'm not gonna be small because you're afraid of me being bigger right yeah. and so for me I had it was so tough and sometimes these crossroads can be like the most difficult times in your life and and you feel like you're losing something to gain something else but anybody who just can't support your beliefs and your dreams you need to remove them remove from your life yeah because it, it just is what it is I loved him so much I still love him like family and whatever but at the, at the end of the day he was not ready to have somebody as big as me in his life and yeah. he wanted me to stay small and he always wanted me to stay small and so i had to remove myself from that situation that's his own version of a scarcity mentality it's not so much yeah. you know, like that abundance mentality is you know every there's enough pieces of the pie to go around don't worry about everybody else just crush life yourself but internally there is that like i was talking about with my ex-wife same thing they just can't fathom and they're so cushy and happy with all this other stuff, not even realizing, not even the money that's going to come no matter what, but 
you will be so much happier. You'll be productive and effective and all those things. Yeah. And now look at you. I mean, honestly, I wonder I wonder what Halataha would be like if you were still in that relationship. I still think you would be a shining star, but do you have less because maybe you're not as risky because you've got that voice in your head, you know? Oh, 100%. My career skyrocketed after we broke up. I got literally, I like my downloads skyrocketed. I got on the cover of Podcast Magazine. I interviewed Matthew McConaughey. My business blew up. I have 60 employees now. Everything just flourished because I always say this for 10 years, I had somebody stepping on my neck, so to speak. I still grew this LinkedIn and I still had a great podcast, but it was like that next level that I needed to remove that person from my life to unlock that next level. And sometimes you have to do that. And here's the thing. I know that he loved me. He did it out of a place of love and parents do this. Like grandparents do this. Like let's say you want to marry marry somebody who's not your. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Like let's say you want to marry somebody who's not your religion. If you have like old school parents, they're gonna like they're gonna be against that because they think they know what's best for you. Here's the thing: don't listen to anybody who hasn't been where you want to go. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't take business advice from anybody who's not a bigger podcaster than me. Like for the podcast world, Jordan Harbinger is my mentor because he's literally the only person who knows more than me. Otherwise, I'm not gonna listen to them because I've already done more than what they've done right and same thing with business i have a business mentor don't listen to your parents who might be like have a totally different career on your business advice yeah because they may love you but they might not have great advice for you so i think that's really important to be able to navigate that type of thing awesome awesome okay so we got believe in yourself life is limitless that's the first one um great stepping stone what's your second thought that rocks when it comes to building confidence becoming more confident in that world of naysayers. Yeah, I think Ed Milet taught me this one, and that's confidence is competence, right? So it's actually doing the work, learning, loving to learn, having the experiences, putting in those reps, and just really having strong skills in your field. If you want to start a business, if you want to be a thought leader, if you want to be a speaker, you need to know your stuff. And part of that comes with actually doing and learning and one of the things that's super interesting is is imposter syndrome is sort of the opposite of confidence. It's yeah. when you walk into a room and you feel like you don't belong and you feel like you can't play in the same space, you're not on everyone's level. Well, here's the thing. Com- uh, imposter syndrome is really just not knowing the language, the dictionary, right? The, the words, the acronyms. And that comes from a lack of experience in the space. If you know the words, if you do your reading – right? Reading is so important, listening to podcasts, doing anything where you're going to distill information from people in a way that's fast so that you can do a lot of it and become an expert yourself. Know everything. They call me the podcast princess because I literally know everything about podcasting. That didn't just happen accidentally. I just am curious. I'm always learning. I'm always looking things up. I'm always trying to figure things out. I know that there's no real impossible thing to do. There's always a solution to what you're looking for. So always just be willing to learn and and be willing to do and and make those experiences and and don't use the excuse of I don't have enough time, right? So I would say confidence is built from competence. We we have a book marketing company and it's funny because the majority of the people that, that go on this app that we've created, it's called Buki Call, are mostly fiction. Like by far, fiction is the the main focus, and, and you probably know better the top categories. 
I say that all these books that I have in a library at home, I have a nice big library, not a single one of fiction. It's so boring. <laughs> all my nonfiction, but my world is all about business and money. And, mm-hmm. and it's these type of people that are probably on your show as well. We probably attract more of them than we would somebody who's, you know, in a different space. I feel like I never wanted to have that imposter syndrome. I didn't want to be the smartest guy in the room. I didn't think I would, but you have something that I don't have. I just want to figure out what it is and put that arrow in my quiver. So at least I could hang, (laughs) you know, I could at least have the conversation. That's, you know, for me, that imposter syndrome is I just want to be able to, to, to be able to to have a conversation. If I could do that, I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think Billy Joel once said that, uh, you know, if someone was asking him about, you know, his success and, and how has he reached this level of success? And his answer was uh, because I'm competent, not because I'm great, but because I'm competent. Right. And that's, that's, I think, uh, is an understatement and, and something that really isn't well understood of what being competent means. Our friend, uh, Alan Stein yeah. Jr. tells this great story of Kobe Bryant, uh, in his talks of showing up at 4am in the morning and Kobe's already practicing right yeah. and he's practicing. in a full sweat mm-hmm. yeah and he's practicing the basics because again it's about competence and you know in my uh practice of of coaching and i do a bunch of work around values and, and purpose um one of the things i say all the time is that you only need uh you only need belief in the absence of proof and so mm. this idea of of um competence is confidence it's doing it enough that you can acknowledge that you've done it, right? And then once you've done it, all you have to do is acknowledge that it's been done. You don't have to believe that you can do it any longer. Mm -hmm. You move that belief to acknowledgement, and then all of a sudden you start stretching for something that deserves your belief, right? That's that abundance mindset that you talked about earlier. It's you got to put that goal out far enough that it forces you to believe because you don't have the proof that it can't be done yet. But Mm -hmm. along the way, it's those stepping stones, right? 100%. I I think the other thing that you sort of alluded to is you need to teach what you learn if you really want to be confident and become that expert because you learn twice when you're first learning it. And then if you teach it to somebody else, you're (laughs) going to learn it again. And then that just keeps building confidence because then people start to ask you questions proactively because you're the expert. And when you think people think you're good at something, you're going to want to get better and better at it. So teaching other people, being a mentor actually will make you more confident. Totally. In my training and development world, I remember every year at the annual conference, you know, I, all of our team and even some of the operators, we'd have everything down. Marketing people had the coolest, sexiest slides in the world, but they had like 200. They never practiced. They never got any confidence being in front of them doing the actual presentation. They could talk and they had the cool slides and all that, but they were nervous as all get out because they had not mm. thought through to be competent enough. And I think... You know, in our world, when we get competent enough that we know every bullet point, every image, what's on the next slide, what the temperature of the room, who's talking in the room. I mean, it it becomes a lot of noise, but that's what makes great teachers, policemen, speakers. When you become that confident, it's not the content anymore. Now you become more confident in actually delivering and trying to inspire and motivate people. So I, I think that's a brilliant one. We'll be right back after a quick break from our sponsors. Young and profiters, we are all making money. But is your money hustling for you? Meaning, are you investing? Putting your savings in the bank is just doing you a total disservice. You got to beat inflation. I've been investing heavily for years. I've got an E-Trade account. I've got a Robinhood account. 
And it used to be such a pain to manage all of my accounts. I'd hop from platform to platform. I'd always forget my Fidelity password and then I have to reset my password. I knew that needed to change because I need to keep track of all my stuff. Everything got better once I started using Yahoo Finance, the sponsor of today's episode. You can securely link up all of your investment accounts in Yahoo Finance for one unified view of your wealth. They've got stock analyst ratings. They have independent research. I can customize charts and choose what metrics I want to display for all my stocks so I can make the best decisions. I can even dig into financial statements and balance sheets of the companies that I'm curious about. Whether you're a seasoned investor or looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Young and profiters, Yap Media is growing so fast. I have 10 open roles just this month. In the past, it would take me so long to find hires. I have to go on all these different job sites. I have to create my own skills assessments. That's why I let Indeed do a lot of this heavy lifting for me. Indeed is the powerful hiring platform where I can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed has things like skills assessments, where when we have specific roles, We can find an assessment that matches that role and we can make sure they have the skills that we need. Then I can focus on culture fit. I can make sure they're scrappy enough and are obsessed with excellence and do all the things that we need to do for them to fit in at YAP. And Indeed streamlines hiring with powerful tools like Instant Match. An Instant Match basically matches you with candidates as soon as you put up a job post with people who are qualified right away. It's instant. And the best part is it gets better as you use it. So now when I use Indeed, especially when I'm hiring for similar roles, I get people right away where they know that I'm gonna like the candidates because they can see what my preferences were in the past. It gets better as you use it. According to US Indeed data, the moment Indeed sponsors a job, over 80% of employers get candidates whose resumes are a perfect match for the position. It's like waving a magic wand that gets better as you use it. So I love using Indeed. We've found a lot of our A players on there. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide who count on Indeed to hire their next superstar like we do at Yap Media. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash profiting. Offer is good for a limited time. Claim your $75 sponsored job credit at indeed.com slash profiting. Again, that's indeed.com slash profiting and support the show by saying you heard about it on Young and Profiting Podcast. Again, it's indeed.com slash profiting to get your $75 credit. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know you've got a third one in your bag too. What's the, what's the third thought on, uh, on how to become more confident? I think it's energy management. So we alluded to a few mm. things. Let's start with ourselves first, right? So energy management in terms of how do you show up to the world in your best self? So what do you like to wear? For me, I am girly. I like to do my hair. I like to do my makeup. I like to wear a nice outfit. I like to embrace my femininity, right? I also like to feel tall. You know, I'm a petite girl, so I'll wear very high heels, four or five inch heels, because that makes me feel confident. Yeah. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It makes me feel confident. And when I feel confident, I'm powerful, right? Yes. So I wear what I want, what makes me happy. 
Also, you know, I talk to myself positively, right? I'm not going to go into a big meeting and be like, you suck, Kala. You're not going to make this sale. I do the opposite. I'm like, you're a sales killer. You've done this a million times. You got this. I I self-talk positively. She's Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live (laughs) looking in the mirror. You're smart enough. People like you. Yeah. And I I don't know the reference, but. Because he's old as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Just. I just totally aged myself. Like, okay, whatever. Back to you. But anyway, you know, positive self talk is really important. Both what you say to yourself internally, what you say out loud really matters. So, what you tell your friends about you, accepting compliments easily, like all that stuff matters on a day to day in terms of your energy management. And then also who you surround yourself with, right? So making sure you don't have uh, friends that are your own naysayers. I remember when I started my podcast, you knew what people told me? I wasn't even 30 years old. You're too old to start a podcast. Not even 30 years old. You're too old to start a podcast. We're in trouble. We like, you know, have it's a lot just of so problems. ridiculous the things that people say to other people, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. And so just not listening to people who are projecting their own limitations on you, removing yourself. Like I said, I literally broke up with my boyfriend of 10 years to go accomplish my dreams because sometimes you need to let go of good for something greater. And it seems really tough in the moment. But when you do that, you actually lose all these limits. Like it's like having like weights on you Mm -hmm. and you lose those weights and you get to surround yourself with other people who are aligned with what you want to do and who support you and that's a way more downstream way to like navigate life rather than always having people be against you in whatever move you're trying to make so energy management i think is key and is like the thing that really rounds out this whole conversation I know that you are uh, obviously good friends with both uh, Kara Golden, but also Heather Monahan, who wrote a book yeah. on this as well. And I know you guys sort of hang out and play in that same space. I-, I would guess that you've had guests on your podcast that even then, if there's something that they want to talk about, if they were to to be a naysayer or if they were to go at all in a negative direction, how do you handle that? Because, again, I think people that are listening right now, they just come into contact with people that are just negative. They're, they're pig pen hanging out with Charlie Brown. You know, did you get that reference? That one's uh, just a double no. check it. No. Yeah, look at her. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. This is, we're going to have I know who Charlie Brown is. We're going to totally put a out. Gen X warning. <laughs> a little eh, Gen a little X, ever Gen X references on this that. episode. Anyway, how do you, how do you handle those uh, individuals? And I know we're, we're coming up on the end of our time here. Yeah, I would say... I don't get a lot of them on my podcast because I feel like most of the people who have reached a level who are going to come on my podcast, they know that positivity is key, right? But funny enough, I did have a guy come on my show and he was so negative in terms of his mindset about life. So negative to the point where we were like, I don't think we can put this episode out because it completely is unaligned with everything else that we say on this podcast. He was kind of like, you know, the world is the world, you know just very negative like you can't control your life you can't like and and was very very negative in terms of his outlook on the world and and how you can actually grow within that world and so i just decided not to put it out good for you i don't feel like that aligns with my messaging and as we reveal his name on our debut no (laughs) we'll put his name in the show notes was i don't even remember his name Oops. just tell us offline we're going to put it in the that's, show notes that's <laughs> sad it, that's I, listen i think it's 
the higher you climb, right, the more people are going to be sort of climbing uh, to knock you down. And and that just happens. And those those types of people, I think that's a choice, right? You have to sort of uh, John Wooden's uh, yeah. uh, famous from the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, from the Lakers. Shut up. Uh, uh, from UCLA and uh, famous coach Hala there who won many, many, many national championships talks about, you know, you need to figure out who are the five people you spend the most amount of time with. And and your Mm -hmm. success is going to be a sort of combination of those five people and as successful as they are. Similar to what you had said earlier is you're not going to take advice from somebody who is not more successful than you are. Right. And so that's uh, the same, same sort of concept there is you got to sort of, he would recommend at the end of each year, you sort of do a little, who do I spend the, the mm-hmm. uh, most amount of time with in my personal life, in my business life, and then sort of in this other category here. And out of those 15 people, you only get five. And so who are those five going to be? And make sure that you put the time in because their impact and influence over you is going to determine your success, right? And that's part of that energy yeah. management because if you have those people who are constantly bitching and moaning and whining, it, it makes it hard to keep your energy where it needs to be so that you can continue to do what you do. Totally. And to that same point, not only just removing people, but adding people. So I would say write down a list of the most impactful people that you've ever met in your life and take the steps to start reengaging them. And yeah. That's going to happen slowly because you're going to look like a creep if you're like, hey, like, all right, like, let's give John Mackey, he's the CEO of Whole Foods. I interviewed him last year. He probably goes on 100 interviews a year. He probably remembers me because I have a big show. But like if I reached out to him and was like, hey, John, I need a favor. He's going to be like, screw you, Holly. You haven't talked to me in a year, (laughs) you know. But if I sent him an an article like this week and was like, hey, John, I thought you might find this interesting. Or if I sent him another thing, hey, John, I recommended you to a friend who's I don't know, like I, I I gave this book that I gave your book to my friend and he had this to say. And I just like kept trickling in these little things over time. Then five months from now, if I'm like, hey, John, I need a favor. He's going to be like, oh, that's Hollis. She's so lovely. Mm -hmm. She's been keeping up with me. And it's such a great tactic in terms of like, you know, actually being proactive and building that incredible network that you want. So it takes effort and you do need to take action. And I would say build the well before you're thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. That's great. So if one of us is going to be in your inner circle, one of your five, we come as a set. So it's kind of, no, we don't. You can kick him right out. Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm fine with that. So here's the deal. The summary that we have, I love this too. Again, the the topic was being more confident when you've got this world of naysayers. One, believe in yourself. Abundance mindset. Yep. Yep. Confidence is confidence. Love it. Yep. And then the last one around energy management, you know, who do you spend your time with? And if you've got some Nelly negatives, you got to carve them out. And I think those are... I know you've got more, but those are three really good, powerful Even those ones. Those 10-year giant energy-sucking vampires <laughs> yes. that have kept you back for a decade. Kick them to the curb. Um, you know, and I know you probably have something else on the radar screen at some point. We'd love to talk about that down the road. But it is so great to finally have you on the show. I know we were trying last year and we finally made it happen. So yes, taking a little bit you. of time, you totally rock. Thanks, Holly. Thank you so much. Thanks, Appreciate Holly. it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. <laughs>